Well, I am so happy to, to uh, know the truth that God is the one fighting my battles, that I don't have to fight my battles for myself anymore. What a freedom that is. What a liberty that is for all of us. Uh, well, um, if you don't know me, I might not know you yet, but my name is Mark and uh, my wife Katrina over here, and uh, we've been with the church for the last three and a half years here in Belleville, just enjoying getting to know you and sharing our lives together, because we know that life is a relational reality, and that Christianity is about relationship, not about rules. And uh, today, we're going to continue our series on inheritance and responsibility, because we have a role in our inheritance. We have uh, some things to do in our inheritance. We're going to continue on that pathway and learning about uh, how to become faithful stewards in regards to our inheritance. Well, there's one thing that I think is good for reviewing, and that is that we've talked about each week, and that is that there's only one way to receive an inheritance. There's only one pathway to inheritance, and it's not by works that, no one, that, that a man should boast. It's, inheritance is only received when we decide to become children of God. Inheritance is only received as we become adopted into God's family. Can everyone say adoption? See, God planned before the world to use adoption as a tool to bring you into his blessing. It's not an afterthought. He didn't say, well, maybe we'll just have to put this family together last minute. Let's use adoption. That's legal. No, no. God planned before the world began to use adoption to allow us to become sons and daughters of God. And so today, let's, let's have church today as sons and daughters of God. Let's not have church as slaves, as servants, as people trying to make, to make it good enough or to work hard enough. Let's just be sons and daughters of God today. Let's just rest in our position of sonship. Let's enter into learning together as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. And as a child of God... We are seated in chair one. As a child of God, seated in chair one, today we're going to learn about I am becoming a faithful steward. Can everyone say faithful steward? God, I believe, has a prophetic exhortation to our church, to our families. Uh, think of your individual family right now, your family union, that he wants to help us get some things in order in our family units because I believe he wants to bring a corporate blessing upon us, but he wants to do some work at home first. Like there's, we've been talking about next level here at Desert Stream, but to go to the next level, I believe God wants to work some things out in our home life first. Once our house is in order, our little houses, the big house will shine brighter. Does that make sense? So today we're going to talk about how to get our houses in order with stewardship. That's me, that's everyone. That's no, everyone gets to get their house in order, in order that God can increase his blessing and favor in our life. All right, so let's, let's, uh, let's break down. Oh, yeah, and you notice I said seated in chair one in that. Now, some of you might not have been here, but seated in chair one means that we're learning to be faithful stewards from a position that God already loves us and that we're sons and daughters of God. We're learning to be faithful stewards, not so we can earn God's love and affection, but because we already have God's love and affection. And because we're so blessed... We love to take care of our dad's stuff. In fact, it's the family business. 
It's the family business. God is the CEO. He's the Godfather, if that helps you at all. Righteous one. And we are the stewards. We're the, things, we're the ones here on earth taking care of things, taking care of business. That's our job. But we do it because we're loved. We don't do it for love. Let's start off with defining the word faithful. If we're going to be faithful stewards, faithfulness is an adjective. It means you're loyal, constant, staunch, steadfast, and resolute, firm in adherence to whatever one owes allegiance to. Faithful implies an unswerving adherence to a person or thing or to an oath or a promise by which a tie was contracted. Faithful is also a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if we're going to be faithful stewards of what God gives us, we need to know that out of Galatians 5.22, that the Holy Spirit births the fruit of faithfulness. So this faithfulness is not just something you do, it's something that you are. You're faithful. And that comes from being with the Holy Spirit. The steward, this is a, a, a great term that it's not as popular today, but it would have been uh, a long time ago more of a, a, a term that would use every day. But a steward is a manager of what has been entrusted into our care. We do the best with what we have at our disposal. We're not the owners, but we're rather the, we're the caretakers or investors of what God has placed in our care. So a steward isn't the owner. A steward is the caretaker. So God is the owner, and we are the investor. And God has placed those things in our care. You see the picture of this house manager? The picture is actually bigger. There's four or five employees around, and the house manager is instructing uh, this new hire how he wants this glass mirror cleaned. Now, he's, in other words, he's to take care of the whole house. It's not his house, but he's in charge of taking care of it. So he's instructing people how it's to be taken care of how it's to be done right. Now, it was interesting. I looked up uh, this company's definition. They were hiring house managers over in England. And you guys want to hear this uh, job opportunity. Let me see if this is something you'd be interested in. You will be managing a five, uh, five staff whom you will be in charge of training and recruiting when needed. It's a hands-on approach, is essential, and attention to detail is key. The properties are furnished to perfection and should be taken care of to a very high level. You may need to travel with the family when required, so flexibility is key, whether it be their villa or their yacht. Here's your responsibilities. Managing of property operations inside and out, arranging and managing external contractors, uh, uh, leasing uh, the, the, uh, according to the principal schedule, total management of team and staffs, uh, uh, creating staff manuals and house operations book, taking care of all budgeting, accounts, and expenses within the household, taking care of the management of their French property, often from the UK, dealing with all the day-to-day -day aspects of running a property, helping manage all parties, events, and dinners for the principals, assisting other members of staff with their daily roles when needed, provisioning and errand running, maintaining security of the house with, while principals are away, assisting with pet care, one dog and one cat, understanding and operating any household technology systems. Uh, Salary depends on experience, starting between sixty and seventy thousand uh, pounds. I would be. A you take <laughs> annual pay with twenty days of holiday plus bank holidays. You're working about five and a half days a week. That is an example of a house steward. Might be close to an estate steward, depending on the size. 
But do you understand how they're managing things? Now, does that place belong? Does that villa, does that, does that yacht, does that French home belong to the house manager? No. He simply cared to take care of it and to manage it. And if we can see that God has entrusted this earth to each one of you, that God has entrusted this, this earth to us, we are the caretakers. We don't own it. God owns it, but he's allowing us to be the leaders, to manage it well, to take care of it, to use it to the best, to make sure it runs at that level. Now, let's see what the scriptures have to say specifically about uh, being a steward. It says in Titus 1.7, Since an overseer manages or stewards God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, and not pursuing honest gain. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as a faithful steward of God's grace in its various forms. The first one is about a church leader or a bishop. The second one says, each of you. So each of us has been given a grace to be a steward. This is both a leadership thing and then an every believer thing. You have been given by the grace of Holy Spirit to steward whatever God has given you. And it has various forms. So this word is for all of us. Now last week, do you guys remember that Pastor Kevin uh, was teaching about responsibility and he had that uh, illustration about tithing up front? And he said, um, 10% is the Lord's tithe, and he had a table over here with one of everything, because there was 10 items, so a tenth of it came to the Lord's. Over here was the 90% table, and it had nine of everything, or 90% was our responsibility. And he talked about financial stewardship. Your God is, see, he trusts you. He says, would you, would you mind managing 90% of all income? Well, yes, Lord. Now, where does that money come from? See, the trap is we think we've earned it, and I get to do what I get to do with my money. You've probably heard that a few times, maybe out of your own mouth. I've probably said it myself. That's my money. It's funny, though, because Deuteronomy teaches in uh, chapter 8, verse 18, it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power or capacity to get wealth, that he might establish and confirm his covenant with him, which he swore to your fathers, as it is to this day. See, God has given you money to establish and confirm his blessing and favor on your life as a child of God. Where did you get the capacity to get that money? From heaven. So it helps us to let go of it so tightly because it's not ours. It's something that God has entrusted to us that we could manage. And we don't have to fight over it so much because we know we are a manager. It is the Lord's. And he is the one they gave us the capacity to get it. And so if you want an increase in your finances, one thing you can pray and say, Father, make me a faithful steward that I can handle the increase. Help me to have the capacity to handle more wealth. And God say, okay, we can work on that. No problem. There was five, five traits of a faithful steward that I found reading different scripture verses. The primary one is out of Luke 16, if you have your Bible with you, or your electronic Bible. Five traits of a faithful steward, Luke chapter 16. 
And I'm going to just go through some principles with you, some traits. And I want you to, to look at your own life and say, how am I doing with this faithful trait? Because I believe if each one of our households can work out these traits in our life, corporately we're going to have a blessing for all of us. Because I believe that Desert Stream is like a lighthouse. It's, it's an answer or solution to our city, to our region. And so when we get our house in order, the whole city prospers with us. Okay, so let's, let's work forward together. Okay, faithful steward, number one, the principle of faithful with a little. Faithful with a little is the first one. Now, let me explain this. Uh, this past spring, I was working with new leaders in some of the ministries, and one of the couples said, uh, Pastor Mark, we're going to be making some uh, church changes, and we're, we're probably going to be coming to your church you know, the Lord's leading us that way. I said, well, that's great. I said, make sure to meet with your pastor and, uh, you know, get his blessing and talk to them. I said, great, great. They said, well, could you just keep that between you and I? I said, yes. So what was that? That was a promise made, right? You know, it was a little promise. But I, the, she said, would you please not tell anybody? I said, yes. Okay. Zip. Well, I was uh, meeting with Pastor Kevin one day, and he was asking how this couple's doing. I said, oh, they're good. In fact, I haven't, uh, I, I about said something about, they're considering, and then there was like a red light or something, or the phone rang, and we got interrupted. And I was thinking, you know, I probably shouldn't say anything, because I told them I wasn't going to say anything. So I didn't. Now, the next week, I had a meeting with the couple, and, and, and uh, we were having a leadership meeting, and I said, Pastor Mark, we've come to the conclusion now that we are moving, and we've met with the pastor, and we're so excited, and we're coming your way. I said, wow. She goes, did you tell anybody? I was like, oh. I said, thank God I didn't. I said, the one time I came really close. And you see how she was measuring? And she said, okay, now that um, I can trust you with little, I'm choosing to trust you with a lot. You're now my pastor. And she opened her heart to the next level. I was watching to see how you handled it. I was like, whoa, man, these little tests come all the time. In other words, are you a vault or are you like a tabloid? Are you a vault? When someone gives you something, do you lock it away, never to say it again without their permission? Are you like a tabloid? The first time you hear it, you're on Facebook or social media and you are sharing the ooey-gooey details. See, here's the thing. God wants you to be a wise steward. Wise stewards know how to, when someone gives you something personal, you keep it between you and them. It's called being a confidant. You have confidence with that person. You have trust. And as a church, I want to challenge you, be faithful with a little. Whether it's a word or finances, it doesn't matter, because trust will increase when you choose to be faithful with a little. Well, in the scriptures, it talks about how this one, this one steward he was a steward, and he was of a steward of a wealthy man. But he was cheating, he was lying, he was stealing, and the owner found out and said, by the way, you need to give account to me in Luke 16 of what you've done with your money. And by the way, you're fired. The guy goes, shoot, he caught me. So he went around and worked out another deceitful deal with like two or three other people and cut their bills in half of the owner so that at least when he got fired those friends would let him come over to his house for a meal. <laughs> he understood the power of money and how it works on people's heart. 
But was that steward faithful with a little? He was a lying, cheating guy, and he got fired. He couldn't handle it. But here's the next question. Are we faithful with a lot? This is the next trait. First of all, you get tested faithful with a little. The next one, are you faithful with a lot? Now, I don't know what season of life you're in. Some of you might be in the season where it's a lot. Some of you might be in a season where it's a little, and some of you are on that in-between stage. But to whom much is given, much is required. You know what I came to mind was the, uh, the Parrot Foundation in, in the Quinty region here. And I was studying their life as they, they came over, and then they, they, they bought farmland here on the east end of town. They had a dairy farm. Then they got into some other farm things. And then they realized, you know what? Our property is becoming so valuable. Maybe we'll, we'll become investors instead of farmers. So what they began to do is develop their property and sell it to developers for homes. You see how they went from farming to investors? See the risk they took? They, stepped, they, they were in a comfortable position. They said, let's take more risk, maybe with more reward, and they stepped into investing. Well, they were giving a lot for their land. They were giving a lot, a lot for their land. And because of that, they chose to create a foundation that they take the millions of dollars and they, they give it away to other nonprofits who are helping people. That's just what they do. So you can go online and see how many families and organizations have been blessed by this organization. I mean, like, they're like, the checks are usually about 250000 a pop. And if you look at the account of what's still in there, they're going to be given a long, that foundation is going to be multi-generational. How exciting for the Quinty area. They were faithful with a little. They kept their cows alive. They fed them. They took some over to England, it said. They, and then the war happened. But they were faithful with their property. Then they managed it, and then it got better and better, and then they were able to see their increase. They were faithful with a lot. Well, Katrina and I had, uh, uh, the year before, Katrina and I had more money than we were usually had in the past. So we were in that time where we had more. And I know it's relative. For, so for us, we could say we had a lot, because for us, right, every family's different. But for us, we had more than usual. And a giving opportunity presented itself for missions. And we both talked, we prayed, we said, yes, let's give in faith. Let's do missions giving. Because we, we had an abundance. So we invested that money, which for us was a lot. We were so excited. And we said, I don't know what the Lord's going to do with this gift, but it's going to be cool. And we kind of thought, you know what, probably we should watch our bank account because God's probably going to pour it back in. There's a lot of verses about that. So we just watched our account and watched it and then watched it more and watched it longer month after month. We kept saying, where's the money? I thought we gave out. You know, I'm just being transparent with you. I don't think it was sin, but we were just keeping our eyes open. And yet, where's the return? We gave it by faith, so we didn't give it for a return, but we were still open by faith to receiving and then one day, it was about, uh, I think, two, two months later, I drove into the church here, and my phone text rang, and I looked down at my text, and it was my mother saying, uh, would December 20th through December like uh, 30th or whatever work for you to come out? I looked at it, going, what? I texted back, you're coming for Christmas? She goes, well, yeah. Well, this has never happened in our family. 
you know, for all the years we've been together, they've never left Spokane and for Christmas because there's like 40 family members back there. But they left all those and came here to spend the Christmas holidays with us. And I was so happy as a son because my parents were coming. And right when I thought that, the Lord said, this is your reward. And I knew it in my heart. When we gave financially, God brought a relational blessing in return. I didn't see it at the time. We were looking for numbers, which is fine. And God can do whatever he wants. But for us, the return was relational. When we're good stewards with our natural financial things, sometimes the blessing comes through relationships. How many of you could use that kind of favor in your life, in your relationships? And you know what? God knew. It was a secret desire of my heart. My wife knew. But it was funny how God did it. And my mom didn't ask. She just said, do these dates work? I said, yeah, come on. And we just had a great Christmas party for like the whole time they were here. What if finances were the tool, but people always remain the prize? Finances are tools. People remain the prize. If you find out or notice that you're using people, it's time to stop and slow down again and say, no, I work with people. They have roles and responsibilities, but are, do they feel honored right now? Because if people feel like a machine for too long, it dishonors their dignity as a child of God. So slow down, check in with them, and make sure you're not just using people. We use things, not people. That's, that's the cliche thing. We want to not use people. We want to co-labor with them. We want to honor them. And if you've made that mistake, it's time to stop and meet with that person and just be with them. Christian stewards, they honor people no matter how much they contribute. You know you can honor everyone. It doesn't matter what they give you. We believe life is sacred from conception all the way to death, natural death. So you can honor everyone in this room, not because of their performance, but because they're made in the image of God. See, that's a stewardship principle. I was eating lunch down at uh, Chilongos one day and uh, having a yummy uh, lunch. And uh, my, my friend, uh, Eric, was there. And he's an elderly gentleman. He used to run all the chapel services for one of the senior homes. So he would call me once a quarter and say, Pastor Mark, come down and share uh, with the senior citizens. And I'd say, oh, you bet. But because of his health, he can no longer do that. It's, it's kind of, I was really sad because his health quickly deteriorated. And, but he was at the restaurant. And he was sitting in his chair. And he was eating alone. He probably took one of the uh, city buses, you know, that can drop you off either in a wheelchair or with your uh, walker. So he has some uh, balance issues. So he's been falling over. So he took his walker and he went in. He was having lunch. And I said, hi, Eric, how you doing? He said, oh, not too good. My health, sadly, is not too good. You know, and he looked a little disheveled. He looked a little upset. He looked a little tired. He looked like life had been difficult. And because of his health, it had gotten that way. He had some food spilled a little bit on his shirt because he's starting to lose control of some of his physical abilities. And you know what? Sometimes you can just, uh, you can just walk by. When people don't contribute, we think, well, what's the big deal? But I, re I realized that this man had poured his life into, like, chapel services for our area. He's brought so much of the word of God and comfort to people through the years. 
just as a volunteer, just because he's a great guy. And I remember Pastor Kevin teaching me that you can son the father out of anyone. Meaning, if you act like a son or daughter to any adult you meet and you treat them like you would your parents, they will give the best of what they have to you. You can son the father or mother out of anyone. And so with this gentleman, I thought I should practice this right now because I knew I was in a moment and there was no one in. The, the restaurant was pretty much empty except for the, the waitresses. So I, I got down with Eric and I got down on my knee and said, Eric, it's so good to see you. Should we pray together? And he said, yes, I would like that. And so I began to pray for him and pray over him and bless him and speak life over him. But I, I humbled myself on purpose because I knew that if I would go down, that he would go up. And not in a negative way, but I, in other words, if I would try to elevate him through love, that that would be a blessing for him. And when I opened my eyes, just a simple prayer, any, a prayer that any of us could pray, he was just weeping with gladness and, 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 and comfort and fellowship. And the concept is stewardship is not just about money, although it's a big test. Stewardship is about relationships. How do you treat the people in your life? How do you treat the people in your home? It always starts with your home life, and then it moves out from there. Stewardship of relationships. The next one is that if you're unjust with a little, you also will be unjust with much. This is all out of Luke 16. I challenge you to read that chapter this week. Read Luke 16. And if you're not good or straightforward with a little bit, we can expect that you'll get trusted with a lot of it. I know that's not good English. So if you can't be trusted with a little, you won't be probably trusted with a lot. And you can't, you say, well, come on, God. Where's that breakthrough? Where's that check in the mail? And God might be saying, well, how are you doing with the check that I already gave you? How's your faithfulness with what you already have? Let's start there. The next one is very practical. It's faithful with administering money. If you look throughout the Bible, God tests most of the men, most of the men and women of God how they handled money. I don't know why he chose money, but he did. So let's not avoid it. Let's just look straight at it. He who gives to the poor lends to the Lord, and he, God, will repay him. So when we're giving to the poor, it's actually like lending, and God is the one who will repay you. And we have to remember whose money is it anyways. For our 40th birthday, Katrina and I, with a bunch of friends, had a blast. We all met in Hawaii on the big island before that volcano blew up. And it was so much fun. We went to this beach. We, we talked to all of our local friends. What's the best beaches to go to? We found this cool, sandy beach that all the locals go to. We drove in. We walked in. As we walked out of the beach, um, there was this, uh, someone had dropped, you remember the 1980s, those fanny packs? They're coming back, I heard. Okay, so there was a fanny pack. You can wear them if you want. That's fine. I wore them. They were really cool. And you can stuff all your stuff in them. You don't have to use your pockets. So I found a fanny pack on the ground. It's just a funny word, fanny pack. I found a pack on the ground. I picked it up, and I thought, oh, someone dropped it because it was the, the walkway between the parking lot and the beach. I opened it up. It was full of this much cash, just stacks. And I thought, ooh, that's going to cover the rental car. <laughs> that was one of my first thoughts. Ooh, that'll cover one of the nights at the, uh, the resort. But I thought, 
hmm, it's interesting that the book I was reading yesterday was a leadership book, and the title of the principle was Faithful with a Little. Faithful with Others. That's what I read the day before, and then I find this thing of cash sitting there. So I told my friends, I told my wife, and I said, well, why don't we just set it here? It's a public spot. They know they dropped it when they look for their stuff. So I'll set it here, and I'll wait for 15, 20 minutes. Then we have to leave. So I just waited around, and no one came. Then we talked to the park management and said, who can we leave this with? They said, we actually don't have park management at this beach. You have to go to one beach down, and then they'll have a, 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 a hut there and an employee. I said, okay. Now, why was it so easy for me to take that uh, cash down to the next beach and give it to the, the young lady working. It wasn't mine. It wasn't my money. So it's not, it's, it's not my money. People say, oh, you could keep it. No one claimed it. Well, sure, you can. But it wasn't my money. It was somebody else's that dropped it. Now, I don't know what happened to the money, but I felt I was faithful with that little bit of money to give it to an employee. Now the test moved to the employee. The poor girl who's working for minimum wage, had a next test. What was she going to do with the money? What was her boss going to do with the money? You see how it goes? But we all have these little tests every day. <laughs> the Bible says, if you're faithful with worldly wealth and take responsibility with it, then you can be giving true or genuine riches. What riches do we want? A lot of us just want, well, I just take some more cash. Well, you know, after you deal with cash for a while, you realize it's not enough. There is more to life. There's true riches that come by faith. There's true riches that are invisible. There's true riches that are invisible and relational that only come through knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior. And when we're faithful with what is natural, God can increase the blessing what is supernatural. I don't know why he set it up that way. It's, it's a training. Money is a trainer. Money is like a, a, a set of tests. God is trying to mature us. So don't be mad at money. Just be go, wow, I missed it that time. Quickly, I, I remember uh, for Katrina's uh, birthday, one of her big birthdays, uh, I thought, wow, I'm going to really bless her. This was like 10 years ago. And this lady in the church walked up like two weeks before and handed me a check. And I thought, oh, that was nice of her, just like a love offering in the hallway. Well, it was a big check. Wow, I thought, I've never been given this much money just, you know, as a gift. And I had that baby spent in like a week and a half. I did not pass that test. Now, I spent it uh, on a wonderful meal for my wife, and we all laugh about it now because we know the stories. And we did have a great birthday, and I bought her this really nice uh, bike that she still has, you know, and all these things. So it was all good things. None of it was sinful. But I don't think the Lord wanted me to spend it within like 36 hours. I don't think that was the test. It wasn't like a game show where you have to spend the money. I didn't understand stewardship. I thought if you have it, you spend it. Money is a test. It's a trainer. How are you doing with your tests? How are you doing with your training? If you were to look at your budget this month, if you need a budget, I encourage you, Get one if you don't have one. Some of you might be, uh, have enough self-control. You don't need one. That's fine, too. But most of us need a monthly budget to know where we're headed. I feel like if we, as a, as a church, would get our finances in order, 
that God would bring a supernatural corporate blessing upon all of us. So I want to challenge you to look at your finance and say, how are we doing? Take an honest look. If you're married, do it with your spouse. If you need counsel, visit with a professional, someone who is mature with money and could be your mentor. This, this is the last one. Faithful with what belongs to others. Are you going to use it or abuse it? Drive it like you stole it. Now, another thing is, you know, drive it like you rented it, right? How do you treat other people's stuff? See, that's the, that's the story of the Bible. There's a couple parables where people had other people's stuff, and God judged them on how well they took care of things. Faithful what belongs to others. Now, for us, our test right now, one of our tests at the Henshaw house is we don't own our home. We're renting it. How do we treat the home we're in? Well, it's not ours, right? That's not my property. You know, I'm just coming through here. I, it's not my house. I'm not going to invest in it. I wouldn't receive a reward, for, a return on that. But see how it's interesting. All these Bible passages, were, they, they didn't own these things. They were stewards. So I think what God is doing is he's watching our house and saying, how are they handling that house on a day-to-day level? Are they taking care of it, or is it going down in value? Is it going up because of how they're taking care of it? I thought, well, that's not fair. We're just renters. See how you have to think differently? A Christian steward doesn't worry about who owns it. It's, is it your responsibility? And our house is our responsibility, so we should take care of it. In fact, when we leave, the day that we leave that house and God gives us a different house or we buy one or whatever, it should be better than when we got there. It should look better. It should feel better. The next person should be so blessed to move in and go, wow, whoever was here last, this is a great home. Stewardship. If we all, if all of our families did that here in Belleville, the whole city would get a blessing. So let's all be good stewards of whatever we have. Now, I think that uh, a few thoughts as we get ready. I have, to, I have something that I want to do with you before we go. But stewardship, as you can see, is very practical. And these, here's some thoughts I want to leave you with. And then I'll close with one more thing. Stewardship thoughts is one, you've got to remember where everything comes from. Don't forget that wealth comes from God. So when you get into money, don't forget that God is your father and he is giving you the capacity to handle wealth and prosperity. Prosperity is not an end of itself. Prosperity is a blessing to sh- for you to enjoy, but also for you to share with whoever God gives you in your circle. It's prosperity with a purpose. It's not prosperity gospel. The gospel can make you prosperous. It blesses you. I mean, just read the Bible. Start in the Old Testament and just work your way through. And sometimes your prosperity will look invisible, It won't show up as money. You can follow the lives of the apostles. But the blessing increases if you're faithful with a little. And here's a word that I thought was for our church. It's hard to manage hidden treasure. It's hard to invest hidden treasure. It's hard to do anything when the treasure's hidden. And what I felt God was saying is that our church is so full of treasure, but a lot of us are sitting on it. In other words, our treasure is buried and we're like this. Oh, probably not. He's probably not talking to me. I'm fine. And I'm working some things out. But you don't realize that you're sitting on the treasure of God. 
You are the treasure of God, and you're sitting. God wants to activate you to start taking risks, to start investing, to start stewarding what you have. Stewarding is an active word. So don't just say, well, you know, that's great for other people. But every person in this room, you are the treasure of God. Don't sit on your treasure. Dig it up. Find out what gifts you have. What are you good at? Now go use them. Like Christy and her friends, they're here. Mackenzie, they're doing the A21 walk on Saturday. Now, if they sat on their treasure, would that walk be happening? No. They've been throughout the community. They've been meeting with leaders, businesses, fundraising. And it's going to be happening this Saturday for the first time, right? The first time in Belleville, 10 o'clock. Volunteering, 8 o'clock. Now, would that happen? Would that happen? If they sat on their treasure. Mm -mm. The girls, they had to get out of bed. They had to choose to go. And they got no's. They got yeses. They, they pressed through. They got everything they needed to have that walk happen. And that's the same idea for us. We have to get up and say, I'm gifted in this area. I'm not going to let my treasure be buried. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take what I have and use it. And I don't care what people say. I don't care if I make mistakes. I don't care if I fail. At least I got up, got my treasure, and got to work. Now remember, when you get up and you get to work, whether you are successful or whether you fail, it doesn't change the position of God's love for you. God's love is not based on your performance as a steward. God will always love you. And in chair one, he delights in you. So go take the risk. Get up, get your treasure, and go to work and invest and use it. The second thing is you can't experience a harvest from a seed you've never planted. So let's say you have all this seed, you have all this hidden treasure, but until you plant it in the ground, you cannot expect a harvest from that seed. In fact, the seed will go bad and die. So what seed do you have in your hand? What gifts do you have in your life? Take those things and start spreading them out. Invest in other people. Use them at your workplace. Use them everywhere you go. To see your return. Because we don't want to be a church known as, oh, they had so much potential. But they never got their breakthrough. I don't want to be that church, do you? I want to be the church that's full of joy and Holy Spirit and righteousness. And we're just sowing seed all over the city. And joy is spreading. Freedom is spreading. Happiness. Blessing of God. Everywhere we go. Because we got our seed out and we invested it. We stewarded our seed. I would like um, to close. I need uh, eight volunteers to come up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You spread spread right across. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, great. Now, uh, Katrina and I want to make a small investment in your lives. And this week, I want you to take that investment, and as a good steward, as a, as a, let's say, use the word like righteousness. In other words, don't do it for sin. That's what I'm at. That's the only rule. Use it for good. I'm, there's no rules to it. Just use it for good. And um, just practice your stewardship this week. And... I think the other principle that this will highlight 
is faithful with a little. Okay? Is that cool? Okay. So Katrina and I want to invest a little bit in you guys. Okay. This is not the church's money. Just in case you're wondering. We wanted, to, we wanted to bless you. But the reality is we're learning that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And growing up for 30 years, I didn't believe that. I loved it when I just got blessed. <laughs> I received it. Like, this is the best. But now I'm learning it's so much fun to go the other route. So this week, in a practical way, I just want to bless you guys and have fun. I don't know what your stewardship will look like. And just enjoy it. There's no rules to it. Just use it for good. And the Holy Spirit will show you what to do. Have fun with it. And uh, I just believe that if we're faithful with a little in our church, if you will look at your monthly finances and say, have I just been faithful the last month? And if Holy Spirit corrects you and say, you know what, I missed it over here. Say, wow, I'm, I'm going to learn from that. Next, week, next month, let's try to do better. And watch the favor and blessing of God increase over our church as stewards. Amen? Let's close in prayer. And after I close in prayer, if you would like prayer, please come forward and we'd be happy to pray with you. Father, thank you today that we are not alone in our financial stewardship, that we're not alone in taking responsibility for what you've given us. Thank you for blessing us with the capacity to get wealth and to use it properly. Thank you for helping our church get our finances in order from our home all the way up uh, to our corporate church. Go with us this week, God, and may we invest in people, may we steward our treasures and take risks with you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week.